The following message is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe can be found at axechurchleander.com. Matthew 23. <clears throat> then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must obey them and do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for men to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted in the marketplaces and to have men call them rabbi. But you are not to be called rabbi, for you have only one master, and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father, for you have one father, and he's in heaven. Nor are you to be called teacher, for you have one teacher, the Christ. The greatest among you will be your servant. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the kingdom of heaven in men's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when he becomes one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as you are. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You are like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but on the inside are full of dead men's bones and everything unclean. In the same way, on the outside you appear to people as righteous, but on the inside you are full of hypocrisy and wickedness. So Jesus loved the Pharisees. It's kind of a, a weird way to start a message, but it's, it's actually true. Jesus actually loved the Pharisees. And sometimes I, I feel like whenever I, I read scripture and I read hard passages like this, I, I tend to villainize the Pharisees and make them like the bad guys. And, and I tend to think that I'm like alongside like the disciples, like, like team Jesus with the disciples because they're like seen as the good guys. And it's easy for us to do that whenever we read scripture, to look at the Pharisees as, as the bad guys. Right. And we're going to take a, a moment for us this morning to be able to step into the shoes of the Pharisees and to be able to get a good, clear understanding of the Pharisees. Because oftentimes in my own life, I might be seen as associated more slow with the Pharisees than the disciples. And in this series of, of detox, as we've been talking about detox from, from whatever we experienced in that, that bad word, 2020, <laughs> I love that, um, I'm not going to preach and say, everybody take out your phone and deactivate your Facebook, your Instagram, your Twitter, you name it, right? We wouldn't have any views on here. Anyways, that would be a problem. Um, but it is a chance for us to be able to change the way that we think about how we use social media, how we interact with people, how we see God's word as, as we open our eyes to what Jesus is sharing with us. And, and as, I was, as I was preparing for this message and thinking about it and processing it, uh, I had a lot of trouble in talking about social media because right now we have a lot of angry people in our country, right? And, and maybe some of you guys here, when, when you hear that word social media or, or Facebook or comments or notification, you just like, your nose starts to like flare up, right? There's a lot of angry people right now in the United States. People are upset about the violence, right? People are upset about 
the riots, the, the racism, the injustice, all these different things. And, and, and what social media does is that it gives us and gives other people a platform to be able to speak their mind into it, right? And, and as upset as we can get and, and as, as tiring as it can be to be on social media, I feel like Jesus has given me a calling and, and given all of us a calling that in the midst of, of brokenness and, and hard times and 2020-ness and 2021-ness, that, that Jesus has given us a calling to be able to step into the mess and to speak life. But to be honest with you, sometimes it's really hard to be able to take in that calling because there's literally no encouragement out there when I when I step into my phone and I look at Twitter or Instagram or, or Facebook with all these different things that are going back and forth. So so what I want to do is before we step into the scripture a little bit, I want us to give just three points as far as just processing what social media and how we can kind of respond in a way that, that Jesus is calling us. So the first one is to respond, don't react. And maybe like me, you guys have been on uh, social media and you've seen uh, a post where there's like 50 plus comments, right? And sometimes there are timestamps underneath these comments and uh, all of these comments are within the span of an hour, right? There, there's a tendency for us to react rather than to respond. And, and I think that's helpful for us that, that whenever something like that happens, when we step into the brokenness of the world, that as Christians, it's good for us to be able to respond, not react, right? It's better for us rather than to shoot it from the hip. The second one is this, is that it is okay to disconnect and go to a desolate place with Jesus. Oftentimes in, in the Gospels, Jesus would go away from the crowds and he'd go up to a mountain and he'd spend time with his father. He, he wanted to get away from, from all the, the brokenness and be able to spend time with God himself. And, and, and because Jesus has done that in the Gospels, he's given us permission for us to be able to do that with him too. It's okay to disconnect and go to a desolate place with Jesus. It, it's okay because he wants to hear why your nostrils are still flared from that one comment. He wants to sit with you while your eyes are trying to recover from all of the scrolling that you've been doing. And the, the third one is this, and this is going to take us into our, our message or into a scripture reading, is that understanding that real truth does not come from opinions. Uh, I say it best like this. Everybody has opinions, and opinions are like armpits. They all stink. Like, that's just the reality, right? There's so many different opinions, and everybody is sharing them and, and, and going out, but understanding that real truth does not come from opinions. Even some of the facts and statistics that we bring in, sometimes we can fabricate it to create a certain narrative in order to try to back up our own opinions. But understand that real truth does not come from opinions. And, and this is where we get into talking about the Pharisees, because the Pharisees had this fabricated reality of who God was, Right? And, and they were so convinced that this was the only way to follow God. And in fact, they were so convinced that this was the only way to follow God is that they formed this following of people who ended up being misinformed. And, and then in steps Jesus. Right? The, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus stepped into the brokenness, into the fabricated reality that the Pharisees had created in talking about who God was. And in the midst of that, Jesus, Jesus loved the Pharisees. Jesus met the Pharisees where they were at and loved them. And he loved them enough to not leave them where they were at. Jesus 
calls them out on their BS, right? And, and so this is where we get into the scripture reading, right? This is where we get into Matthew 23. Uh, this is called the seven woes of the Pharisees, the scribes, and the Sadducees. And uh, as the youths would say, this is, Jesus was the first person to hit the woe. Anybody? No? Okay, cool. I'm not cool anymore. Uh, so <laughs> the first first point that I want us to make is uh, uh, your position gives you a platform of power. First thing, your position gives you a platform of power. In verse 2, Jesus says this. He says, the scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. That's a big deal for Jesus to say. The scribes and the Pharisees sit on Moses' seat. Jesus, the Son of God, is saying, look, you, you guys have this authority, this position, this platform that's like Moses. I mean, the guy who, who took millions of Jewish people out of Egypt into the Exodus towards the Promised Land. The, the, the same guy that, that met with God face to face and spoke with him directly. The, the same guy that God used to separate the waters and allow his people to walk through on dry land. He's saying, that, that guy, you sit on his seat. And, and this is where he gets into it. He says, but they do not practice what they preach. Yes, you sit on Moses' seat, but you don't practice what you preach. And I think a lot of times in our world, people see Christians by what they practice rather than what they preach. People see our actions more than they see our words. And this brings me to my second point. Uh, Christians are their own narrators of their negative narrative. Let me say that again. Christians are their own narrators of their negative narrative. And here's what I mean by that. It wasn't just someone randomly one day that says Christians are hypocrites. It wasn't just someone that woke up one day and just started shouting, you're a bigot. Right? We, we created that narrative on our own. Whether it was people who are on the extreme side of Christianity, whatever that looks like, or, or, or people, just an ordinary, regular person, right? We've created this negative narrative. And this is what Jesus says about this. He says that the Pharisees put heavy burdens on other people, but they aren't able to lift those same burdens on themselves. And, and as we think about these burdens, think about the burdens that we've maybe dealt with in our own culture, whether it was the church talking about race or sexuality or marriage or abortion, the list goes on and on and on. And I'm not saying that we, we don't stand on these things and the stands on these things that the church says are wrong. I'm just saying that we, we don't seem to put our theology into practice very well. And, and then this is where Jesus kind of hits home with the scribes and the Pharisees. He calls them hypocrite. How many of you guys have heard someone call you or a Christian hypocrite before? The, the crazy thing about this is that Jesus was the first person to call followers of God hypocrites. And, and the word hypocrite, before we get into it, the word hypocrite back in the day was to describe an actor it wouldn't be just how you don't practice what you, what you preach, but someone who would, who would wear a mask and look like a completely different character than who they really are. So this, this idea of, of play acting was this assumption of a counterfeit persona. And Jesus is using this term 
for an actor for the religious leaders during his time. And, and what's crazy to think about this is that what Jesus is trying to say is that the people who are seemingly the closest to God are wearing a mask. Those who are sitting on the seat of Moses are actually the ones who are the furthest away from God. That's a scary thing for Jesus to say. And and when I think about it in my own life, and as we process this together, as we continue to sing, as we continue to pray together, as we read scripture, as we listen to sermons, and we talk to people about Jesus, do others see us as play acting? Do we see ourselves as authentic in our relationship with God? Do do we look different on Sunday morning than than every other day? It's a hard thing to say, but being a Christian on social media does not only mean, and hear me, I say only, mean trying to post as many scripture verses with pretty pictures as possible. Following Jesus does not look like starting arguments on Facebook trying to prove why all lives matter to people that genuinely just want to help and care for hurting people. Being a Christian does not look like using scripture as ammo to try to stump somebody into tripping up in their own words and points because the Pharisees tried doing that to Jesus. So so the question I want us to kind of reflect on this morning is what social media mask do you wear? Everybody has masks. I mean, literally everybody has masks nowadays, but (laughs) but everybody has a mask, right? Whether you have a mask at home, whether you wear a mask when you're around a group of friends, when you're on Zoom with your coworkers, whether it's just you by yourself, or if it's you behind your phone or your laptop or your computer. What, what social media mask do you wear? And Jesus says in verse 11 and 12, and I want us to remember this, the, the greatest, this is Jesus himself, the greatest among you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. The greatest among you will be a servant. The, the person who, whether you try to flaunt yourself as much as possible in, in public, on social media, all of this, he's challenging us to say, no, 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 this is the mask I want you to wear. The, I want you to be a servant. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So, so what if we were to take social media? as Christians, and to look at it, instead of social media, looking at it as social ministry. There's a lot of different things that people have done to care for people. Maybe it's connecting with one another in a Facebook message or, I don't know, whatever people use these days to connect with people and see how they're doing, right? We, we have such an incredible opportunity with technology to connect with people that we haven't had a chance to connect with before, right? And as we think about these three points this first point is our position gives us a platform of power. Because we have a platform of power as Christians, the Holy Spirit has given us this platform of power to be able to speak life in the midst of death and darkness. They've given us a position of power to be able to, to lift someone up instead of bring someone down. Right? 
Christians are their own narrators of the negative narrative, what would it look like if Acts Church, we were to continue to change the narrative that the rest of the world sees as Christians, and instead of them see us, they see Jesus? And, and, and to f- reflect on what our so- social media mask looks like. And so this last question I want to leave us with um, before we go into confession and absolution is this, am I using social media to serve my desires and needs or am I using social media to love and to serve my neighbors? We're going to go into a a time of confession and we're just going to take some time to just silently pray and just ask the Lord for forgiveness and then we're going to hear the words of Jesus forgiving us through absolution for us to be able to detox from the negative stuff that we've experienced, whether it's been on social media or or conversations with other people, and to be able to start new, because that's what Jesus does. He he takes what's, what's broken and he makes it beautiful. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.